Hi, this is Carrie Life Art and you are listening to podcast Body is a Temple in this episode. And performance, of course, is a constructed word. It's performance, but it adds in the human element, H-U, humans. And the idea here is that as humans, we are performers. As a human, you are a performer. As a human, I am a performer. And with this perspective, I really wanted to create a platform that was rooted in evidence. So it's evidence-based. It comes from my education as a research scientist and as a data scientist, and also have another side of this where we're applying everything, application-based. So having the ability to not only share the information with individuals, but give them the tools and the techniques to apply that information directly to their life. And this ultimately was the driving force behind the five elements. And the five elements are hydrate, unplug, move, aspire, and nourish. And of course, that spells out human. And within each and every one of these elements, there are information about how to go about your daily life, but how to apply each element to your own respective performance. Hi, this is Kari Life Art and you are listening to Body is a Temple, podcast that will motivate and inspire you to live longer and look younger. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, this is Kari Life Art and you are listening to Body is a Temple. I am super excited to record this intro today and also provide you this episode of uh, podcast. Before I introduce my uh, guest, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Body as a Temple, of course. Check my website, karilifeart.com. Check my social media under Kari that life that art and check on my uh, online program and online courses and also if you like my podcast and if you like my shows share this with uh, with your friends and with your family so this is a very important thing that I learned to uh, keep mentioning at the beginning uh, on my all intros to ask you to help me grow my audience and grow the community of uh, people living uh, healthier better and happier, longer and looking younger because this is my mission with my podcast to motivate and inspire you to live longer and look younger. And I want to add a little bit about the situation that I am going uh, through. If you heard my last episodes, I was telling about that I am making my dream happen and there are lots of challenges on the way. They are still um, challenges on the way and the, the, the thing is in progress. Actually, I am uh, at the moment like in the middle of this big transition. I don't want to go into the details because I am so excited uh, about this and a little bit also scared how it's all going to unfold and how how I will be able to like kind of make this dream happen uh, till the end. So in the next episode, uh, at the end of September, I will record intro and I'm going to explain what's going on. So stay with me and listen to the next episode as well. I want to add you... Um, 
few things about this because uh, as I said, like I'm making my dreams happen and actually one more dream uh, accidentally uh, came true uh, last days in my life. And, you know, it's beautiful. I'm happy. I'm excited. Uh, but not everything is, you know, like smooth and, and perfectly. There's lots of things that I need to cope with, stressful things and, and challenges in this transition. But at the same time, I am trying to stay calm and just, you know, react to the situation when the bad things occurring and I kind of adjust uh, my expectations and my plans to this. And there's also a, a price to pay for, for this dream to make happen because I need to go through a certain events and situation and uh, and, and meetings and uh, and places where i don't necessarily need, want to be and also spend some money on things that i not necessarily want to spend but to make all these things comfortable i'm paying this price and also to make this dream happen i i'm willing to pay this price because i believe that will make me very happy and uh, improve my wellness and well-being in the long term. Stay with me. Listen to the next episode. I'm I'm looking forward to tell you everything what's going on and what kind of transitions I am going through and what will be the end result. And this is so beautiful when you can make your dream happen. And I've been waiting for this all my life, really, like literally all my life. For those two dreams, I was make, I was waiting uh, to make them happen, and they are happening in September 2020. This is the best year of my life, seriously. So let me introduce now my guest today, Doctor Ford Dyke. He's PhD in the field of kinesiology, specializing in the subdiscipline of performance and exercise psychophysiology. Furthermore. Dr. Dyke is a subject matter expert in mindfulness-based performance and health optimization. Dr. Dyke's experience led to creation of the Human Performers, a consulting platform designed to cultivate optimal performance, health, and well-being. As a professional consultant, Dr. Dyke provides a mindfulness approach through human performance, life seminars, educational webinars, and collaborative workshops. This particular methodology facilitates a lifestyle conductive for optimal performance, health, and well-being. Importantly, those empirically driven techniques are beneficial to numerous populations, including but not limited to corporate executives, elite athletes, and military personnel. Dr. Dyke Consulting has been implemented globally. He directly collaborates with various corporations, Team USA athletes, and United States Armed Forces. Dr. Dyke is currently as an assistant clinical professor in the school of kinesiology at Oiborn University, I hope I pronounce uh, correct this name. Among his accomplishments, he was awarded the 2019 Undergraduate Teaching Award and nominated for the 2020 Outstanding Faculty Outreach Award. Dr. Dyke teaches courses in performance-based psychology, motor learning and performance, and mindfulness-based performance 
performance and health optimization. Additionally, Dr. Dyke researches the effect of outdoor exercise environments on neurocognitive functions in both non-clinical and clinical populations. Dr. Fort Dyke was born in Florida, so he remains mindful of the soil and the land and the ocean breeze and waves breaking on the sand. I am very excited to have him on my podcast because he brings science-based knowledge about human movement and how to perform on the highest levels in our life and enhance our wellness and well-being. So please, help me in welcoming Dr. Fordyke. Can you introduce yourself? Where do you live? Uh, where are you from? And what do you do? And what took you to the health journey? Oh, wow. An incredible question. And thank you for hosting me on Body as a Temple. I'm really looking forward to sharing my story. It all started in Jupiter Beach, Florida, which is on the southeast coast of Florida. And growing up there, it gave me this perspective of openness and a perspective of freedom and having the ability to explore because when you sit on a beach as you know and you're looking out on the horizon there's there's no obstructions there's no stop signs or to-do lists or anyone really telling you how to color inside the lines or walk a certain way it's very free it's very open and so growing up with that mindset and that perspective allowed me to explore different opportunities which then led me into undergraduate studies at the University of North Florida, where I studied general psychology. And I was interested in how the mind is so different among all of us. We're 99.99% all alike, but the brain and the mind, which is the brain in action, is so different among people. And I wanted to study why, what's going on there? What is the information behind this? What is the science that drives this? Really, how does this work? So after four years of studying psychology, I moved to Auburn, Alabama, which is a couple states away, and attended Auburn University for both my master's degree in exercise and sports psychology and my doctoral degree, my PhD, in kinesiology. And kinesiology is an umbrella term, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit throughout the interview and throughout our conversation. But ultimately, I became a professor in the School of Kinesiology and I teach a numerous amount of courses, and they're all essentially centered around health and wellness, learning different skills, uh, attaching meaning to your, your life's journey, your life's work, understanding that when you set an intention and you work through this process, things come to fruition for you. And that really drove me to develop my own platform because I saw that people want to perform at a high level. If you ask individuals, hey, do you want to perform at a high level? Raise your hand. And the majority of the room, if not everyone in the room, their hand would go up. And after about two or three years of this, I started thinking, well, if we want to perform at a high level, why are so many of us not healthy? Why are so many of us lacking sleep or eating poorly or not hydrating properly or sitting for extensive periods of time or our sleep schedules are off, et cetera? And this really drove me to develop Perform Humans. And Perform Humans, of course, is 
a constructed word, it's performance, but it adds in the human element, H-U, perform humans. And the idea here is that as humans, we are performers. As a human, you are a performer. As a human, I am a performer. And with this perspective, I really wanted to create a platform that was rooted in evidence. So it's evidence-based. It comes from my education as a research scientist and as a data scientist, and also have another side of this where we're applying everything, application-based. So having the ability to not only share the information with individuals, but give them the tools and the techniques to apply that information directly to their life. And this ultimately was the driving force behind the five elements. And the five elements are hydrate, unplug, move, aspire, and nourish. And of course, that spells out human. And within each and every one of these elements, there are information about how to go about your daily life, but how to apply each element to your own respective performance. So no matter what you do, whether you are a janitorial manager, whether you are a CEO, whether you're a high level athlete, whether you're a kindergarten art teacher, whatever you do, I believe that as a human, you are a performer. And if you pay close attention to these five elements, you will not only perform at your highest level, but you'll do so in a very healthy manner without sacrificing sacrificing your wellness. I will um, come back to your platform in a bit, but I want to ask, what does it mean to you uh, to perform on highest level? Yeah, that's a great question. So performance is an interesting thing, I think, for a lot of people. And we use metrics such as I won an award or my pay increased or my boss told me that I did a great job. But at the end of the day, I really think performance is all encompassing. It's a metric that comes from within. And if we have the ability to go inward and spend time getting to know ourselves, really then we understand what it takes for ourselves to perform at our highest level. I can't tell you how to perform at your highest level unless you know what it means to perform at your highest level. So going back to that individualized and tailor-based training, understanding that everyone is different, everyone is unique. And for me as a professor and as a Team USA athlete, those separate performance domains are very different. When I'm in the classroom and I'm instructing or if I'm collecting data as a researcher or if I'm doing an outreach initiative, that's a performance. Now, when I'm getting ready to go on a court or I have training involved or I'm getting ready to travel long distances, that's also a performance. So. Performance, while is a, is a word that we can define with a definition, it's really challenging to just say, okay, I'm going to perform at my highest level. And to your question, well, what does that mean? For me personally, that means that all systems are in alignment with all intentions. So I set an intention for X, and I feel a certain way during that process, during that procedure, and during that task. Well, if those things are in alignment, then in my mind, I'm performing at my highest level. Now, if I go to a performance situation and I don't reach my highest level performance, I really do believe strongly that it's probably because I'm lacking preparation. I think that if you prepare to perform, then optimal performance happens automatically, meaning it's all about your preparation. 
it all happens before the moment you walk on stage or before the moment you pick up the phone or before the moment someone comes into your office to speak to you or whatever you're doing as far as your occupation is concerned. If you take your time to prepare, prepare to perform, meaning if you take time focusing on your hydration, take time unplugging with your restorative movements and your recovery protocols and keeping your phone off in the morning and setting aside a time to, to think about your intentions and spend time with gratitude practices and move, making sure that you're accruing movement throughout your day, whether that's walking, jogging, running, resistance training, different types of yoga protocols, Pilates, whatever it is for you, that's super, super critical as well. Aspire, setting aspirations for yourself, meaning understanding that you have to aspire towards your level of performance. If you don't set those intentions, then you're never really going to reach it. And of course, lastly, nourish. We can't do anything without proper fuel. You would never put diesel fuel in a high-performance vehicle. So if we think about our bodies as high-performance vehicles, then it makes a lot of sense to nourish our systems at a high level as well. So collectively, these five elements, we're paying close attention to them. We're going to be able to not only perform at our highest level, but we're going to do so by making sure that our health and wellness is also in a very, very good place. Yeah, you said that to, in order to perform in the highest level, uh, one needs to have a good health. So what does it mean, actually, a good health for, uh, for you? How it, it manifests itself? Yeah, so I think health and wellness comes down to how you feel. When you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, how do I feel? When you're in the middle of your day, tune back in and ask yourself again, how do I feel? When your day is about to finish and you're getting ready for your recovery, meaning your sleep, lean in one more time and ask yourself, how do I feel? I think the body never lies. The body always tries to give us information. It's a very, very intelligent system and it's a very complex organism. But oftentimes we don't pay attention to it. We kind of are disconnected from it. We're more concerned about the email stream coming in or our texts or our phone calls or our clothing or our cars or how big our homes are versus the only vehicle we have is our physical vessel, is our, is our body. So if we neglect that, then really what we're doing is we're neglecting our entire life. And in order to not only perform at your highest level, but to live a happy and healthy and productive life, you have to make sure that your vessel, which also includes your brain and of course your heart, all of these systems are in alignment. And if they are in alignment and you're tuning in, you will feel really, really good. And if they're not in alignment and something is off or out of balance, you'll notice that as well. You'll notice, okay, I have maybe an issue with my low back or I have difficulty concentrating or I'm not sleeping well or I feel tired throughout the day, or I'm having some digestive issues after I eat certain foods. So our system will always give us information. The question becomes, are we willing to just take a moment to pause, lean in, and listen? And while we're listening, we're paying attention to how we feel. Mm, that's beautiful. I absolutely agree. 
I want to ask you, why do you think people struggling so much with health and high performance uh, in those days? Yeah, that's a really great question, Karina. I think it comes down to several different things. I think in no particular order, the way in which a lot of systems are set up, they're not necessarily set up for health and wellness. If you walk around in an airport, for example, really in any part of the world nowadays, you'll see a lot of fast food, a lot of candy stores, a lot of junk food, if you will, being sold, a lot of caffeinated drinks, um, processed foods that are, are, well, they're usually expensive in airports, but are relatively cheap. And people believe that if they consume it quickly and they get on their flight and they land and they move on, then it doesn't have an effect on them. And so in general, the world, the way in which it's set up isn't really set up for health and wellness. In fact, if you look at the healthcare system, it's called healthcare. However, really it's disease care, especially in the United States. It's set up for disease care. It's, we wait until you get sick And once you're sick, we provide you with medications. And once you are provided with these medications, then you're hooked. And once you're hooked to these medications, you keep coming back for more and more and more. And one of the most scary things to me is that an average 50 to six year old is on about five medications, five pharmaceutical medications. To me, that's a lot of medications. And of course, that's an average. When in fact, we know that health is first wealth and we are our primary healthcare providers. We are, we are our primary healthcare providers. So it's a daily investment. It's when I wake up and I reach for my first glass of water or I pay attention to what I'm putting into my body, whether it is nutrition or whether it is hydration or whether it's even something that's happening on the news or on a television screen or even on a device, that's all information. Food is information, water and fluids are information, movement is information everything is information. And so with that, I think people struggle because a lot of information is bad information. It's information that comes from people who aren't necessarily educated in the field or who have ulterior motives that are trying to sell something to individuals. And they want to have this quick fix and this fast turnaround. If you know the advertisement of, if you take this for 30 days, you're going to feel at your best. When you and I know that's not the case, we know that it's a, it's a lifelong investment and it's a journey and being patient and trusting that process is so, so important for people. So really to answer your question, there's a lot of things that I think play a role in how and why people struggle so much with health and wellness in general. Yeah, well said. Um, it's also breaking my heart when I see that people believe those you know quick fixes uh, quick fixes and secrets over a night lose 10 pounds or whatever things um yeah but it is uh how it is and i'm so happy that people like you and me are on this world to kind of change it a bit so i want i want you to use your imagination and describe 
your perfect world. How would you imagine um, this kind of perfect airport where you can go and you don't have, you know, this processed junk food over there? How would this, you, you can use the airport as an example or anything that you have in mind to kind of discover, um, describe the perfect situation. How, how do you see it? And just feel free to flow with your imagination as far as you want. There are no limits. Yeah. Oh, I love this question. This is amazing. Um, I, I want to go with the airport example because I think so many people can relate to that. And so many people, even if it's subconscious, deal with the things that are, you know, in, in these airports, such as, first of all, seating. I mean, why the question of, of going to the airport, why is the first thing we do is sit down? You know, if you think about that. When I go to airports, I watch people everyone is stressed, right? Because traveling is so stressful and, you know, I got to pack your bag and you got to get there on time. You got to get there early and you got, you know, TSA security and, you know, it's just all this stressful stuff. And it's kind of interesting because I find a lot of calmness and, and, and comfort in the travel process because I know it's a process and I'm saying it hasn't been this way for me the whole time I've traveled. But as you travel more and more, you realize it's not really under your control. The only thing you have control of is making sure that you're at your gate on time. Other than that, you can't control the weather. You don't really control who sits next to you if you're traveling alone. You can't control if your luggage is going to get there on time or not. You can't control how fast or how slow the plane is going to go or the traffic or whatever it is. So I think once I realized that, it gave me more opportunities to really observe what was happening in airports. And to answer your question, the perfect world, the perfect airport, if you will, Number one, no seating. We don't need seating. We're gonna sit on this aircraft for an extended period of time. So why are we rushing to our gate just to sit down? Number one. Number two, why are we so hungry in the airport? I don't understand why people are so hungry in the airport. Meaning, I don't think you need fast food before you get on a plane to go sit where they're gonna give you more junk food. And this isn't a knock on airlines, but it's just the truth of, of flying. And then you get off the plane and you're, you know, you're so tired from travel that you're hungry. So you're going to go eat again. It's like, what, what is it that is making us so hungry in these airports? And, you know, you see all these fast food restaurants just pumping out that greasy smell. And, you know, we're so addicted to it now as a, as a society. So number two, offer some healthy food options and not just some try to flip the script where you're offering more healthy food options than fast food options. I think that would really start to consider people get people to consider the way in which they're feeling as they're traveling and along those same lines provide them with some education provide maybe some places where they can go in before their flight or on a layover to have a little seminar series with someone like myself or even you and to learn about some of these practices and these protocols and why it's so important learn about your hydration and to learn about unplugging and moving and setting aspirations and providing your body with good nourishment. Just try to lean in a little bit. So have maybe some subject matter experts that are employees of the airport or even contract workers to, to teach people how to, to live at an optimal level, not only from a performance standpoint, but from a health and wellness standpoint. Offer more nap salons, offer more places for people to rest and recover sleeping sitting up or trying to sleep sitting up or on a bench during a layover is not optimal 
sleeping on an airplane is not optimal. So maybe providing some nap salons or maybe even some, some massage areas for people. I know there's kind of some stuff like that around the world, but it's not the norm. Hydration, offering hydration machines all throughout the airport and providing education on why it's so bad to have a plastic water bottle. Have something that is reusable that you carry with you that you can hydrate and rehydrate throughout your travels. This question is amazing. I think I can continue to go on for, for a few hours, but I want to stop there and just encourage your listeners to, to think about the travel process as an opportunity to learn about yourself, learn about others, learn about the current situation, the current platforms that are really just being fed to us, no pun intended. We're just being conditioned to believe that we should sit when we get to our gate, we should eat junk food before we get there, we should be stressed, we should have caffeine and alcohol and all the sugary drinks we can during our travel day. And then when we get to our destination, we wonder why we don't feel good. I mean, jet lag is completely related to nutrition, hydration, movement, and sleep. So these types of um, chances that we have for ourselves to really learn about what's going on and learn more about our own vessel, I think is really a great opportunity. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I will share very quickly a, a, a short story about food and traveling. I've been uh, in Seattle buying some um, eggs and uh, wild caught uh, um, smoked salmon. And the guy on the cashier uh, asked me, so are you planning to do some eggs Benedict? And I said, no, actually, I'm planning to travel. So I just wanted to, to take something that I can carry with me through the, you know, checking gates and will provide me some nutrition and helps me to not uh, feel hungry during uh, the flight. But it's a bit stinky when I'm taking out my, my boiled eggs in the airplane or airport. But he said, yeah, but that's, uh, that's a great idea. Last time I ate some junk food at the airport and I felt so horrible and I, I would not mind to have a stinky eggs with me that day. So that's right. yeah, <laughs> that's a funny thing. Okay. So I want to ask you about the kinesiology. You said you've been studying this. Can you explain briefly what uh, what does it mean actually what what is it yes absolutely so kinesiology is the study of human movement k-i-n-e or kines comes from kinetic and that means the energy that we have in our bodies and so kinesiology like psychology is really an umbrella term for the entire field underneath psychology you have separate subfields same thing with kinesiology underneath kinesiology you have things like motor development. So how we grow and develop as an infant into childhood, all into adolescence and into adulthood. We have motor learning and performance. How do we acquire new skills? How do we learn new skills such as writing, walking, jogging, speaking, chewing, all of these different things that we have in our genetic line. We have exercise physiology, what's going on physiologically inside of us during exercise, pre, during, and post. We have exercise and sports psychology. What's going on in the mind of an athlete? If you take two different athletes, one performs and one chokes under pressure, I don't think that's necessarily involved with the amount of training they have physically, whether it's in the weight room or cardiovascularly, it's going on in between the ears, in between the six inches of our head, our brain, our spinal cord. So we have all these different subfields within kinesiology itself but if someone was to ask, well, what is kinesiology? 
essentially the study of human movement. Does that encapsulate everything? Not necessarily, but that's what we have as far as the name of the field is concerned. Okay, so like what does a kinesiologist actually do? Or is this just a study? Or do you have some protocol to work with people? Yeah, that is a great question. So a lot of my students at the undergraduate level will come into the School of Kinesiology and they will finish with an exercise science degree. Now that degree will give them the opportunity to work in the fitness industry as a private trainer, for example, a personal trainer. They can also take that exercise science degree and apply it into physical therapy school where they can go learn about physical therapy and become a physical therapist. Occupational therapy, which is an offshoot, of course, They can go into industry. They can maybe potentially work at a company like Nike or Adidas or Puma, et cetera. They can even get into their own private consultation. And all of these are centered around understanding all of the systems of the body from anatomy and physiology, the chemistry associated with the body itself, understanding that the brainstem and spinal cord are very, very important, understanding the heart-brain coherence that happens within our system. And taking this information and applying it to whichever domain that you feel is going to serve you the best. And I try to share that with my students. Just because you're getting this one degree doesn't mean that you're on a single track towards X, Y, Z. You can really take this degree because you have the knowledge and information that you've learned about the human body, and you can apply that to anything. For example, people in corporate wellness, they have to know about the importance of the body. They have to understand what takes time for us to learn throughout our four years of college, for example, to be able to apply that to corporate wellness, because in corporate wellness, it's all about production and productivity. So we also know that if we want to have pro high production and high productivity, we can't do this without understanding health and wellness. Very simple practices, of course. So there's a multitude of paths that someone with a kinesiology degree can go down. We also see some people who have athletic training certification. So they go work with professional or collegiate teams, and become athletic trainers. Sports psychologists also have some kinesiology based background, which they go work on the mental skills training. You'll see some type of individuals who go into more clinical domains, learning about clinical sports psychology and applying things like um, psychiatry, for example. So kinesiology is a nice foundation for a lot of people. And more often than not, individuals take that and they move to advanced schooling, such as a master's or a PhD. All right. So I have a question now. What, uh, in your opinion, or what would you recommend, advise? Um, actually, how would you recommend to train or exercise uh, to be healthy at the age of 180? 180. <laughs> I love this question. Okay, so... First thing in the morning, when you wake up, take your time, take some deep breaths before you get out of bed. Feel your body, understand what your body needs that morning, because it's going to change. It's going to change from morning to morning. Then slowly get up, use the restroom, because hopefully you're detoxifying through your, through your urine, of course, and through your kidneys. After that, rehydrate, get some lemon water in your system, get some type of citrus-based water that's going to help flush and provide you with some good alkalinity to help reset your pH system. Sit down for a moment and just pay attention to your breathing. Once, of course, you've gotten out of your bed. After that, just think about, you know, what you want to do that day, how you want to set your intentions, how you want to 
bring in some aspirations for, for your day itself, then go for a walk. I think walking, simply walking in the presence of nature, green exercise, is one of the best forms of medicine that we can offer ourselves. And if we're 180 years old, then we've got a lot of miles on our body. And I don't think we need to be underneath a squat rack or you know doing deadlifts or power movements or in CrossFit training. I think walking would be very, very good for us in that moment. After the walk, we get back to our place of residence, refuel the system, maybe help you know, provide it with more hydration, get a good breakfast in, sit and relax, read a book, perhaps do some crossword puzzles, just keep that mind activated and try to do this outside in the presence of nature, like I mentioned, and just see how your day progresses. Pay attention to how you feel. Try to limit sitting as much as possible. And if you do have to sit, make sure you've got a really nice ergonomic chair in your house. And do you believe we can live 180? Oh gosh, that is, do I believe it? Yes. Have I seen it? Has it been documented? No. So my beliefs are one thing, but as a research scientist, I also consider the data. And if the data is missing, then there becomes this, um, not necessarily an argument, but this, um, challenging debate in my mind where yes i believe it and i think we could do it however without documented cases that research training comes in and says nope not possible so it's like this conflict if you will karina that i'm trying to to figure out well I, hey yeah i believe it and i think if we follow these protocols it can happen but you know maybe not maybe nobody wants to live to be that long i joke and i say i want to live forever But what does that mean? What does forever mean? And understanding that there is an impermanence about everything. Everything changes. Everything has a life cycle, whether it's a plant, whether it's a pen, or whether it's a human. I think we all have life cycles for a reason. And I think whatever that life cycle is, we can attribute that to our, our time on earth, our time on this planet. And that's really an opportunity for us to be as educated as possible and to share our life's mission with each other and to be as compassionate as possible and to listen and to understand and to share and to express how we feel and to do it in a way that is non-threatening and is welcoming. And with that, I think our world will be in much better shape than it is right now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Absolutely. I agree with this. Um, however, who knows, maybe you can live forever when you um, translate uh, like um, uh, your brain to the AI or something like that. <laughs> who knows? And um, uh, going back to what you said that we don't have a data in a science. Yes, that's true. We don't have any documented, you know, case of someone who's living that long. However, we have the most advanced technology ever now. So who knows what's going to happen? We are getting better and better in this. And there are species in this world, in this earth that are living, you know, 
couple of hundred years and the difference between their DNA and our DNA is not that big, right? <laughs> it's really tiny. So I think it's just a matter of time till we figure out how to prolong this um, health span, lifespan, you know, a bit more. And as I am following some also approaches uh, currently, there are people who are claiming that we already have the knowledge and we can kind of shift it to this 160, 180. Uh, during our lifetime, we might be, you know, first, uh, first, uh, first humans who are going to experience this. So let's see. I think that would be see. incredible. I think <laughs> your point about, you know, lifestyle versus excuse me, lifespan versus health span, that's where the, yeah. the, the we argument are, we, I think we're working on head. both uh, currently yeah. because, yes, the, the goal is not to live long, but to live long and, you know, have the health that will allow you to die in the normal conditions, not as a, right. you know, without yeah, without suffering. All right. Um, some different question. Uh, what is the biggest challenge in your life? Um, or what was the biggest challenge? And how do you cope with this and overcome it? I think one of the most difficult things for me was was earning my PhD. Um, in high school, while school came easy to me, I often was bored. And I, I just wanted to go back outside and, and move and, and play sports and be in the presence of, of the environment, you know, where I grew up, be in the water, be on the sand. And, and classrooms felt so constricting and so confining to me. And it was like, I want to just, I want to push the walls away. And I never really resonated with authority. You know, I, the teachers, well, I wasn't disrespectful. The teachers, they'd say something and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Are you sure you're right about that or something like that? So this kind of led me to, to senior year, of course, in high school. And I remember having a discussion with my mom and, and she's, she tells me now, she says, I was worried that you weren't going to go to college. And while she never pressured me or pushed me to do anything, I think, you know, in her heart, it was, it was something that, that she saw me doing. And then one day, I don't know what it was, but the cosmos opened and I ultimately decided to tell her, like, I don't know where I'm going to go to college, but I'm going to go to college. And she, she remembers that was such a relief for her. And the college process was so different than, of course, high school for, for numerous reasons. But I remember towards senior year of college, I encountered the same feeling of, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I... I'm going to trust this process and take a gap year and to really learn what I want to do next, as opposed to just jumping into something, because I knew I wasn't done with education, but I also knew that I wasn't ready to just get on the hamster wheel and start collecting paychecks. That never really sounded appealing to me. So after about six or eight months, I started looking around at different schools and ultimately stumbled upon Auburn University where they have a kinesiology program and at the time I didn't even know what kinesiology was I honestly couldn't even pronounce it or spell it I was you know a psychology major never heard about it and once I stepped foot on campus and I started meeting the people that I've interfaced with for several years now I just fell in love with the study of the human body and fell in love with how incredible human bodies and human systems are I mean for me you can go to school and learn about anything you want, but I'm very biased towards learning about the human body. 
what else would I want to learn about? Nothing. I mean, of course, I teach myself things every day and all day long, but to earn a PhD in something that is so close to me, literally and, you know, um, physically and even hypothetically and understanding that without the knowledge of our system, without the knowledge of each other, what do we really have? How smart are we if we don't know how to take care of ourselves? How intelligent are we? How productive are we if we don't feel well? And when I got closer and closer to earning my PhD and during the dissertation defense process, I remember the night before this flood of emotions came over me and it was 10 plus years of education, 10 plus years of wondering, you know, what am I going to do? And is this something that I can earn a living with or make an impact and change the world? And ultimately when I finished, I knew right away, I knew the moment that my advisor put that PhD hood over me that I knew I was in the right place. And I knew that I had the opportunity I had the knowledge and skill set and platform and microphone, if you will, to make an impact. And I think, you know, deep down inside, that's why I was placed on this earth to number one, leave it a better place than when I found it, but to help people and to get them to realize that they are able to perform at their highest level. You have a chance to reach your maximum potential. If you just listen, if you pay attention, and if you just have someone guiding you through mentorship and some advice and having the opportunity to, to do that and still be happy and healthy and successful for me is, is a dream come true. And I can't imagine doing anything else. Mm, amazing. Uh, I want to come back to your platform now. Can you tell more about the human performers? You, ta you, um, you told about the elements, but can you explain for people who will be like interested working with you? Is it like a coaching program? What, do, what can they expect uh, reaching to you? Yeah, absolutely. So with Perforhumans, I would definitely encourage listeners to check out the website perforhumansinfo.com. And I'm sure we can add that into your show notes. Um, when they get to the website, they're guided through what the platform is all about. So first, the concept of why the human element is added into performance and why is it so important for us to take care of our system if we want to perform at a high level. There's also some information in there from previous clients through testimonials that I've worked with, whether it's corporate professionals, elite athletes, military personnel, um, individuals from other sectors of performance domains. So the individual has an idea of what we're doing with this platform. In the services tab, this is really where they start to understand what's offered. So through live seminars, invited talks, if you will, that I offer to individuals, they get an all-encompassing approach to learn about these five elements. Through my workshops, they're able to learn about how to apply these elements. And these are, of course, in 30-minute, 60-minute, 90-minute sessions. There's one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is that private consultation. So literally, you are on the phone with me and or through Zoom, especially now we can't have face-to-face. -face. So having that one-on-one -on -one session to instruct you through all these different principles and practices and to understand what is it that you want to get out of this? Why have you contacted Perform Humans? What is it that has driven you to believe you want to perform at your highest level? What is your performance domain in general? What are you doing right now that you think is helping you or hindering you? 
to reach your maximal potential. So there's a list of different services that we offer. And recently we launched the Perform Humans podcast, which is Preform, Prepared to Perform, which we're interested in interviewing people from all walks of life that have stories that are centered around what it takes to be a human. And it's not necessarily just in the health and wellness domain. I have guests that have been from the corporate domain, from the military domain, from the athletic field, and from being a parent, from being a brother, mother, sister. Truly, what does it take to be a human? What does it take for you to reach your maximum potential and your optimal performance, health, and well-being? Yeah, of course, I will put uh, all the links uh, in the show notes of the episodes uh, so people can find you. So you are saying uh, we, so it's not only you working in this project? Yeah, so it's a really small team right now. It's myself as a primary contributor. I'm the founder and CEO. We also have a chief operating officer and we have a director of operations. So we're very, very small. We are a startup. We launched just one year ago. The podcast launched one month ago, and it's been an incredible journey learning all of the different facets of being an entrepreneur and being able to take this platform and trying to push it to its highest level is really what my main goal is. I want to be able to reach as many people as possible, but I really believe in my heart that the people who I reach or the people that reach me are the ones that I'm supposed to be working with. I'm a firm believer in quality over quantity. And so if there's one listener right now that's leaning in and potentially interested, or if there's a thousand, to me, it doesn't matter. I think that whomever they are, then when they go to contact me and we establish a working relationship, then it's, it's meant to be. And I have uh, three more questions. Um, first one is, uh, who are your biggest mentors or people who influence you in life the most? Yeah, that's a great one. I'd have to start with my mother. She is a single mother and has raised a family of three boys and a girl. And to watch her do that, with very little resources and to see that we've all achieved in our own respective way success and to be educated and to be good stewards of this planet for me is is amazing and if i ever have the opportunity to become a parent and to influence someone in that manner then i will definitely pay homage to my mother and the nice thing about being in the position I am as a professor, I oversee a lot of students. I have 150 students a semester on top of 30 graduate students, and I have my own teaching assistant. And being in the business of mentorship, I truly believe that we're in this because someone did it for us. So I want to continue to pass that along for that next person. And I take that same mindset with my clients as well. People have helped me along the way, and I want to ensure that I'm able to pass that torch and to pay it forward. All right. And if you could gain any kind of superpower, what would it be and why? Yeah, this is awesome. So I have a few, but I just want to stick with my number one. And that is knowing every language in the world, having the ability to essentially become like this computer and switch over to be able to speak to anyone in their native tongue. 
I think would be so incredible. There's no one that we know on this planet that has that ability. I'm talking about like tribes in the Amazon and, and tribes in Central Africa that we don't even know what their language is, but having the ability to have that superpower of just showing up and saying hello and greeting them and having the, the exchange of information and, and that exchange of energy through language, I think would be very, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome superpower, really, because uh, the lingu languages influence the way we think, because not all the different tenses or a way of speaking is the same in all languages. For example, English is very different from Spanish or Polish even. Icelandic is for me also like super uh, different from any other languages that I've been learning. So yeah, that's that's a great idea. Mine is uh, teleportation usually. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. And even, you know, Karina, with language, you have, of course, kinesthetic language as well, like American Sign Language, for example. And it was something that I studied in undergrad. I have a minor in deaf studies, and I'm, I'm sure you can tell I speak a lot with my hands. I am not fluent by any stretch of the imagination. My brother is a sign language interpreter, actually, and he's who got me interested in sign language. And he's earning his PhD and trying to investigate what it takes to learn a kinesthetic language and what's happening in the mind and body through that learning process. Very interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to also know more about that. All right. Um, my last question, if you could advise to the listener, uh, to the listeners, uh, one thing that they can start doing from today that would uh, change their health, what would it be and why? Yeah, that's a good one. One thing that they should do, I think they should hydrate more than they believe. I think as a whole, a lot of individuals are extremely dehydrated and understanding that up to 65%, sometimes more, sometimes less of our physical vessel is comprised of water and realizing that everything we do requires water, whether it's respiration, perspiration, even a thought, movement of course throughout the lubrication of our joints we need water and throughout the day i think a lot a lot of people don't realize how dehydrated they are and understanding that once you've become thirsty you've already started to lose the battle so waiting until your urine is discolored or you're doing the skin test or you're you know looking at the fluid in your eyeballs you're too late you're way too late encouraging people to have some water with them throughout the day and just continually rehydrating themselves, I think can change a lot of things within their physical vessel and will also help with their central nervous system as well. Hmm. Yes. All right. And that's probably why it's the same, you know, it's the first element of human hydrate. I think it's so critical for sure. All right. Thank you so much. Do you want to add anything uh, at the end from yourself? I want to thank you. I want to thank you, of course, for the opportunity to be on Body as a Temple. I want to thank all of your listeners for tuning in. And if anyone has any questions, comments, or wants to connect with me, feel free to do so. Again, my name is Ford Dyke, and I'm the founder and CEO of Perfor Humans. Thanks again, Karina. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. At the end, I have to remind you about my website, karilifeart.com. It's K-A-R-I lifeart.com. 
www.ingridmartinez.com where you can find my online coaching programs but also uh, courses on how to do a split or how to cope with a lower back pain and also please follow me on the social media under kari.live.art on Instagram and Facebook where you can see all the crazy things that I am doing myself personally in person to enhance my uh, my own wellness and well-being and perform on the highest level of my uh, possibilities and not always but I'm doing my best every day so I hope I will also inspire you and motivate you to live longer and look younger through my podcast and through the informations that I'm sharing on my podcast platform and if you like this episode please donate choose one of the subscription programs because that will help me to make this podcast better help me to engage more and more amazing guests to my podcast also work on the quality of the podcast and provide you a better quality made by better uh, equipment in a better studio that will also help me to do what I love and impact the world in the most profound and meaningful way for me because this is my mission to help other people overcome the health issue and uh, live in the, in the highest possible potential because I went through my own life challenges and now I really feel that I live my life to the fullest so I want everybody to be as happy as me. Stay with me with the to the na- next episode when I can share you all about the transitions I am going through and what kind of dream I am making happen. And I will be super excited to tell you that everything happened and occurred in my life, how I feel having my two biggest dream happen. And then there will be one more left uh, to make it happen before I die. And, and then let's see if I make those dreams happen. Maybe then, of course, probably I will have a new one. But for now, I was waiting 38 years for both of these dreams that happening now in September 2020. And I'm super excited to share this story in the next episode and I'm reminding that if you like this episode if you like my podcast please share this with your friends with your family on your social media that will help me even more than your donation because that will give me a feeling that I do something really meaningful and important and valued so Visit my website, carrylifeart.com. Follow me on the social media under carry.life.art and share these episodes with your friends and family and everyone that you think might like to listen to this. Thank you so much for listening. You were listening to Body is a Temple podcast with Carrie Life Art. I wish you a beautiful day.